Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Okay, malolele everyone. My name is Baya and I am 27 years old, currently in the Favona Second Ward Penrose Stake. But I also spent a bit of time in Taranaki last year, so shout out to the YSA in Taranaki. And so today joining us in studio, aka the Institute Building, is Manu Edwards and I'll let him introduce himself because I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Kia ora everyone, uh, happy to be here uh, with Baya, thanks for having me on. Um, to be able to share a little bit about myself and also, I guess, my own kind of story in the church and things like that. A little bit about me. I grew up in Taranaki, a small place called Manaya. currently live in Auckland. I studied at AUT here in Auckland as well, and I studied a, a Bachelor of Arts majoring in Marketing Insights and Chinese. And currently, I work for Fonterra as a logistics optimization planner. It sounds flasher than what it probably is, but basically what I do is I look after the bottom half of the lower South Island and I just plan all the manufacturing of the products, moving it around to stores to be able to pack onto ships and be able to send out to customers. Uh, that's it in a nutshell, but happy to be here. Thank you, Manu. Yeah, that, that does sound flash and um, <laughs> And we're really privileged to have Manu and all his expertise on the podcast today. So the topic of discussion for this Talano is we really wanted to focus in on YSA over 25. So I myself am 27 and Manu is 29? Over 25. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm 28. <laughs> okay, so we're both, we're both um, well over 25 years old. But we wanted to have a discussion about the covenant path and and highlight that through our journeys, mostly Manu's, but also just to encourage and give hope to all the other YSA over 25 who are, are still grinding. So that's what we wanted to focus on today. But just to begin our discussion, we wanted to break down the covenant path. And so to you, Manu, what does the covenant path mean to you personally? Great question. Before I get into it, just disclaimer. <laughs> This is only my own opinion and I don't <laughs> represent everyone that's in the older age bracket for YSA. <laughs> so make up your own mind. But the covenant path for me, it's definitely a journey. There's a lot of things along this path, obviously, in terms of the gospel that we try to strive for and to achieve in our lives. And I feel like as we go throughout our life, going to make those decisions, the big things for us to be able to understand how true and faithful we are to the gospel to be able to receive the blessings that our Father in Heaven has promised us as we do. Yeah, total. I love that. Total with what Manu said. I was also, uh, on my way here, I was trying to think of how we can represent the covenant path, what it is. Because I think maybe sometimes it's perceived as uh, restricting or maybe um, not cool. <laughs> but I was thinking about why the covenant path and we'll go further into this in our talanoa today but i i think the best way to represent that is a quote from the prophet himself president nelson and he said that your commitment to follow the savior by making covenants with him and then keeping these covenants 
will open the door to every spiritual blessing and privilege available to men, women and children everywhere. And that these ordinances will strengthen your life, your marriage and family and your ability to resist the attacks of the adversary. So yeah, just beautiful thought on why the covenant path is cool. And so we'll just go into sort of hearing about Manu's experience and really focusing on like the preparation toward receiving these covenants because I think we... um, we talk a lot about like the actual covenant and the ordinance itself, but the preparation I think is just as important. So part of that preparation may include serving a mission. So Manu, um, as we know, he served a mission in, in such a wonderful, beautiful place. <laughs> so if you can tell us a little bit about where you served, maybe your initial reaction and how, like, how does that relate to the covenant path and your preparation? Uh, yeah, cool. So I served in the New Zealand Auckland mission and I was called Chinese Mandarin speaking. So like Pai was just saying, like in terms of reaction for my mission call, I guess before I got the mission call, a little bit of a background about um, myself. Growing up, I grew up in the church and you always hear that song when you go to primary, I hope they call me on a mission. And I always remember singing that song and in my mind and in my heart, I was like, there's no way I'm going to serve a mission. It definitely was far from one of the things that I wanted to do. But I guess it came to a point in my life where I got to that age where, okay, it's time to go on a mission or am I going to do something else? Understanding that I had that feeling of I never really wanted to go. I'm grateful that I did go on a mission. It was the best thing for me at that time. And it was definitely a decision um, that has helped me throughout um, my life right now, going through university and also with my call, my career. <laughs> but my initial reactions, getting my mission call, so obviously I didn't want to go before. And then when I got the mission call to serve an Auckland mission, it was the worst day of my life, to be <laughs> honest. Um, I was like double thinking after that. I was like, oh, do I still want to go on a mission or not? <laughs> because I got called to my home country. But it wasn't until I actually went out and served. I did a lot of traveling on my mission. I had to go out to Provo MTC to learn Chinese, flew back to New Zealand, got to go to the Cook Islands, serve over there, and also got to serve up north in the Kaikoura Stakes. So I got, I got around in terms of traveling, but I just think if I didn't go and serve, if I didn't make that choice, then my life would be completely different to what it is now. So what's one thing or maybe an experience from your mission that you feel has helped prepare you to still continue along the covenant path now? I think one of the biggest things that I learned from the mission was enduring to the end and just that story that I just shared earlier. It started from the goat, like having to serve in my own country, my own mission. It's pretty common now, but back then it it wasn't too common. One of the biggest experiences that I had was understanding why the gospel is so important and that we live it and that every day we strive to to live accordingly to be able to receive those eternal blessings. One of the families that I got to work with, so I was a part of the whole process basically, found them, taught them and helped them to get baptized. But what was interesting about this experience was, so it was a family of three, husband, wife and they had a son. and. We were teaching them all together, but they were all at different levels. And the husband, he was the first one to be taught properly and to be baptized and join the church. Later on, his son got baptized and 
one of the greatest blessings was for his dad to be able to baptize him. The weekend his son got baptized, the next day was his Sunday, and the husband, the father, he received the Mount Catholic priesthood. And then that week, I think it was four or five days later, um, he actually passed away and had a heart attack. And I think for me, it put everything into perspective how important like the gospel is and how important it is to strive to stick to the covenant path. He was fairly new, but when he died, which was a shock to myself and everyone, he, I feel he was in the position where he was ready to return home. He had just received the gospel. He had followed the covenant path and just so happened that when he did pass away, he was, I don't know, I hate, I don't want to say he was the cleanest person on earth, but <laughs> he was, he was faithful and he was righteous living the gospel. And just what an example that is to be able to live by and to live for. We don't understand when the end is for us, but we need to continue to do the things that we need to be able to receive those eternal blessings that are promised to us as we are faithful. Thanks for sharing that experience, Manu. I think you highlighted a really key principle with regards to the covenant path and that we're not supposed to do it alone. And I love how you participated in helping someone else to come onto the covenant path as well. And yeah, thanks for reminding me that we're all in this together, as our (laughs) high school musical friends tell us. But we want to hear a little bit more about about your secular journey, because... I think with the covenant path, everything's connected, both the spiritual and the temporal. And so you talked a little bit about your studies and your work in your introduction. How do you feel like that has helped you along the covenant path? It's helped a lot in my life. Oh man, I don't don't know if it's good to share this, but I didn't want to go to university either (laughs) in my life. I didn't want to do a lot of things back when I was younger. (laughs) But going to university, if I didn't go on my mission. There was no chance I was going to go to university because when I came back from the mission, like I already had picked up Chinese, not fluent, but good enough. And that was the motivation to keep me going. And so when I first enrolled to university, I just did Chinese, but I needed to figure out what I was going to add to it to be able to obviously look after myself financially and get a career. And so I picked up marketing. I never wanted to go to do those things. I'm not too sure why, to be honest, but going on the mission gave me the confidence to go to university and it gave me the confidence that I can do hard things, especially when there was no kind of example to follow in in that space. And so it's helped me a lot. Just making those decisions, making decisions have created opportunities that have turned into blessings. Speaking of hard things, we want to cover how the covenant path is not easy. And I think struggles are inevitable and necessary and vital to progress along the covenant path. And what is an obstacle that you feel like has challenged and deepened your conversion to Christ? Yeah, so... (laughs) I don't know if you guys have seen it. We we can't put a picture up. Obviously, it's a podcast, but it's a picture of climbing a mountain. So if, when people talk about the covenant path, it sounds really easy and simple and you just follow it. Like you go to church, you go on a mission, you go to YC, you get married, you get sealed in the temple, and it's just one thing after the other. But in reality, like climbing that mountain to get to the top, there's like heaps of dips and drops. There's ups and downs, there's trials and challenges. And I think we don't fully understand how hard living the gospel is. Living the gospel is not an easy thing to do. It's definitely rewarding, but it requires a lot of action on our part 
to stick to it, but also to understand to build our testimony. The experience for me, a real trial and challenge that I've faced in my own life. It's not something that I have gone out and told people about, but in 2019, I injured my back and it required myself to have surgery. The surgery was called a discectomy. And basically um, what was happening, the pain I was feeling was I had a herniated disc, so the discs in your spine, there's like jelly stuff inside. Oh, Pyra can probably tell you, she's <laughs> a doctor. Great, <laughs> it had pushed through the shell and it was pushing up against a nerve that was sending pain down the back side of, down the back of my leg. And so for me, I enjoy sports and playing rugby, uh, basketball, all of those sorts of things. If it's to do with physical activity, I'm usually keen to be a part of it. And sports and things like that, that was also a stress reliever for me when I guess things are going hard in my life and all of that, that we all understand. Like that was my go-to. That was, oh, I can go to the gym and I'll be able to get back to normal, get back into the right headspace. But when I injured myself, that was completely gone. Um, I couldn't rely on that anymore. And it was definitely a long process for me. I, so I heard it around October 2019. I went to physio, did all of the stuff that I tried to to avoid surgery. And what made it worse was I was told I didn't need surgery, but ended up that I did have to get it. And so I ended up having the surgery in May 2020. And then after that, I had to do post-surgery recovery and all of that type of stuff that people love doing. It was very difficult for me. I don't want to say I had depression, but mentally I wasn't in a good space when you lose some of the things that you enjoy doing and feel like there's no kind of end to the tunnel. It definitely can play with your mind a lot. I guess the way that it came out for me was I just got really angry <laughs> and it affected the spiritual side of my life. I, when I'd get angry, it would probably be because I didn't understand why God wanted, why this was happening to me. And I'm sure we've all um, had that question on our minds. And I guess what's really hard is when you're doing the right things all the time, your scriptures, you're saying your prayers, you're going to church, fulfilling your calling, all of this type of stuff, but hard things still happen. And just going through all of that there were times where I just got angry at God, so to say. Sometimes I wanted to fight him. <laughs> I'd probably lose, but I still wanted to fight him. But <laughs> that was the state I was in at the time. And my trials and my challenges, they were going out against God. And because I didn't feel like I was getting the help that I needed, like I was doing everything that I needed to do. I was asking for help, but I felt like God wasn't really helping me or listening to me. And so through all of that, it was difficult to be able to rely on the gospel stuff because I didn't feel like I was getting the help that I needed. But I guess it was in that space, that time where I felt like God wasn't helping me. It was, oh, so what do I do now? Do I just stay in this position? Do I stay angry? Do I just stay here and not carry on with my life? What do I do? And from that point, I was like, okay, I guess my motivation was I'll do it myself. I'll figure out how to get through this. I'll work. I'll work as hard as I can to be able to get back to where I was. And I'm not too sure why that was the kind of reason 
uh, for all of it. But for me, I feel like God was telling me, you can get through this. And when you get through this, you'll be better for it. And as much as I guess my anger was pushed towards God and like, bro, helping me. <laughs> Call him bro, but, but I'm not getting the help that everyone says you got to pray, you got to you do all this, so you'll be fine. How come it's not working for me? And whether it was working or not, whether it was the way God intended it to be, looking back on it now, like I'm in a space, I wouldn't say I'm back to normal. I still have to manage my pain, heaps of stretching and all of that type of stuff. But I'm able to do the things that I enjoy doing again, especially being able to be social where I didn't want to be social. But that was probably the biggest thing that I learned from it. I learned what I can get myself through. And I don't think I would have learned that if it wasn't for that experience. So guys, you heard it, Manu is not perfect. <laughs> I, yeah, just thank you for sharing such a, an honest and tender experience and for being real about it as well. I think sometimes we can sugarcoat and try and be grateful for everything that we're given, which is, I think is something that comes with time, but it's all good to be angry once in a while as well. <laughs> it's not too long. Don't be like me. <laughs> but it just reminded me of a scripture in DNC 122.7. In the context, I think it's just the Lord speaking to Joseph Smith in the, in the jail in Liberty. And so he says to him, And if thou shouldst be cast into the pit or into the hands of murderers and the sentence of death pass upon thee, if thou be cast into the deep, if the billowing surge conspire against thee, if fierce winds become thine enemy, if the heavens gather blackness and all the elements combine to hedge up the way, and above all, if the very jaws of hell shall gape open the mouth wide after thee, Know thou, my son, <laughs> that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like how comforting that scripture is. <laughs> no, but on the real, I, that's just what came to mind as Manu shared his experience, that, that all these experiences will benefit us and will help to consecrate us. But I think the other thing that Manu reminded me of is, is we all go, we're all going to have these trials along the covenant path, as we mentioned. It's not easy, but it's the way that we respond to it that makes a difference and the way that we use our agency. And for Manu, it was learning to be self-reliant and to get himself out of, I don't know, the state of mind that you were in. Even though in that kind of period where I was angry and didn't understand things, what I always knew was that church was true and it just happened to be the circumstances that I was in. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. There are things in our life, I don't know, it can be making the choice to go on a mission, go to university, what to study, what to do for a job. There's so many things that we as YSA and members in general, like we have to make these decisions to be able to bless our lives, but also continue to build our testimony and to live the gospel, to be faithful. And I'm just grateful for the testimony that I have, as much as during that period, it was getting destroyed. <laughs> it was just breaking down brick by brick, and it was just getting worse and worse. What I still knew and still understand, even now, is that the Church of Jesus Christ is true. We have a loving Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and we need to continue to strengthen our own testimony or our own foundation in the gospel, because there's going to be so many times where you're going to be faced with a challenge, and they're just not going to stop. They're going to keep coming, 
and it comes back to us like what are we going to do are we going to fight oh maybe not, <laughs> not fight but are we going to what are we going to do to be able to strengthen that foundation like Pyle was saying when the winds come and the jaws of hell that's the one that stood out for me when those do come are we going to be ready for them and even though we might fall will we be able to pick ourselves back up to carry on along the covenant path I just think it's important to also know that we have the saviour with us. We mentioned that we're not alone and we have our family members and friends and, and experiences in the past that have helped us. But I think it's important to know that we have the best person on our side all the time and he's always there. If the Lord is for you, then who can be against you? And yeah, that was just the final thing I wanted to add to Manu's amazing remarks. Okay, so finally moving on to... The elephants in the room for YSA over 25. <laughs> One of the covenants that we need to prepare for is uh, temple sealing and, and in eternal marriage. And both of us are not married, which is probably why we got asked to do this podcast. <laughs> we, yeah, we wanted to talk about, this is such a big topic. It's kind of like, how do we carry on living the gospel, living our lives, yeah. even though, yeah. like Pyro was saying, marriage is, is a goal for all of us, everybody. So what do we need to do and how can we carry on to be who we need to be and also enjoy that those blessings will come to us. Yes. Okay, so fun fact is more than half of adults in the church today are widowed, divorced or not yet married and some wonder about their opportunities and place in God's plan and in the church. We should understand that eternal life is not simply a question of current marital status, but of discipleship and being valiant in the testimony of Jesus. That was by M. Russell Ballard. And so I guess the question I wanted, oh, we can both hop on this question, <laughs> is how do you feel about not being married right now? <laughs> <laughs> you can go first. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. So I'm not going to lie. Some days it's easy and some days it's a lot more difficult. I think... I definitely trust that God has a plan and um, I just know that I will not miss out on all of the blessings that he wants to give. That I know, but the difficulty is the waiting period. I'm very impatient and the struggle comes of what to do in the waiting period until that blessing comes whenever it comes. And yeah, I guess I'll, I'll ask Manu what he thinks before asking the next follow-up question to that. I can tell you what you can do. No, <laughs> no I think... Pyro brings up a good point, like it is, it's something that we definitely don't understand in terms of waiting on the Lord, but also having that balance of what we as as individuals need to do to be able to make it happen. I think for me personally, I don't get too annoyed when people tell me about, oh, why aren't you unmarried? I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that question. I don't know, I just don't really care about why they ask or what they think. It's understanding the things that I've gone through that have led me to this point and sometimes we just don't understand and I feel like it does come to that point like Bio was saying before that it's in the Lord's timing but what are you doing in the background to be able to prepare yourself for that for me working on going to university like getting a career for myself and like I'm probably not there yet but I, I feel like I got a foundation of once I get married financially we should be okay probably have to move out of Auckland but you know just simple things like that what are you doing to be able to prepare yourself and going back to that main kind of purpose that we started off in the beginning what can you do to carry on to prepare for that blessing 
Yeah, and just to add to that, for me personally, the word that comes to mind to describe my thoughts is myopic. And I think President Nelson referred to this in an earlier conference. I, when I don't have the bigger picture in mind, that's when I start to worry about my marital status and I start caring about what people think. But when I'm just focusing on my relationship with Christ and doing the small and simple things, which sounds cliche, but it's the truth, is like going to institute, doing your personal study every day, like all of those little things accumulate and help us to keep the bigger picture in mind. And that's the times where I still experience joy. You can still experience joy in the waiting period is what I'm trying to say. So I guess just to share a quick experience. So when I got home from my mission, which was, uh, a while ago I all I wanted to do was just to get married <laughs> like I just felt like that was what everyone expected of me and so that's what I was trying to do afterwards and so just talking to a lot of people and trying to socialize and go to all the activities <clears throat> and through that sort of period I went to the temple and I and I inquired as to what the Lord wanted of me and the person that came to mind was Eve and how oh, she's our mum, she's our first mum. And the question that came to mind after thinking of her was what would help prepare me to be the best mother? And I'm not saying this for everyone, but for me personally, I felt like education was what was going to prepare me to be a better mother at that time. And so that's the path that I've taken. And, and that's what I've done in the waiting period. And I'm not saying that this for everyone again, this is just what the Lord, what I felt like the Lord's plan was for me. And I've still had, like it's still been hard, but I am in the career that I've always dreamt of ever since I was young. I've always wanted to be a doctor and I tried to trust in the Lord and to and strive to do what the Spirit told me and I have enjoyed the fruits of it right now. And yeah, I don't know if that, that is answering the question, but those were the thoughts that came to my mind and maybe something that might help someone else. Yeah, yeah definitely agree with what, what Boya was saying. It's not an easy thing but it's something that we can continue to strive for and just for those who don't know what myopic means because I don't know what myopic (laughs) means obviously I wasn't at university long enough so the Oxford dictionary says short-sighted or lacking foresight or intellectual insight and so yeah I learned something today (laughs) so a scripture comes to mind it's found in Joshua 24 15 very familiar scripture to most people I feel like this is where a lot of our responsibility and accountability comes towards us as YSA because we do have to make choices in our lives and nobody can make them for us whether we get stuck and we're not moving ahead like it comes down to us and so I'll just read it out and it says and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and as much as it's hard to try and remain faithful and to rely on the Lord there are opportunities for for us to grow we need to just step up to the mark and make the choice on our own the Lord is always there with us even when it can be difficult to receive their personal revelation that we're encouraged to continue to gain and to build that relationship with him but as we choose to follow the Lord as we make that choice for ourselves, and make sure you do it for yourself because once you do it for yourself then that's you're committed to do it and you'll have you'll continue to have trials and challenges things will continue to try and break you to bring you back bring you down but as you strive to follow the gospel do the things that you need to and also reach out to those who you trust and who you rely on to give you that strength that you'll be able to make it through
yeah the lord trusts you and and just want to thank manu for sharing his experiences and for sharing his journey along the covenant path and just grateful for the spirit that's been present that has taught me through this process as well there's a quote by jeffrey holland and he says some blessings come soon some come late and some don't come until heaven but for those who embrace the gospel of jesus christ they come and i just want to encourage everyone who not just those over 25 just everyone (laughs) everyone that the covenant path is is the path that you'll find the greatest happiness and peace and even though it'll be hard, it'll lead you back home. And I think that's the main purpose of the covenant path. This is the only path that leads back to our Heavenly Father. And have fun. Do you. You can still live your dreams being single. <laughs> and it's and that you're not defined by your marital status, but by your discipleship. And yeah. I love that quote that she just shared by Ada Holland. As much as I hate the part that says, and some don't come until heaven. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, let's try not to <laughs> no, let's try yeah, to make let's it happen earlier. Yeah. But um it's true, right? Like we don't understand we don't understand everything but we can do what we can do right now. So continue to strengthen your faith, strengthen your testimony and to consistently do it. And that's the only way you'll be able to to receive those eternal blessings that are promised to us. Yeah, and that's it. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> cool, thanks for having me by uh, <laughs> Don't ask me again. <laughs> Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.